Stella made a beat, so it's go time. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Core 4 Podcast, a podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network alongside GBB Live, the Starty 5 Podcast, and the 3 and D Podcast. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading, whatever you need to do on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com. We're on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. Uh, I don't have my co-host, Nathan Chester, with me right now, but it's all good because we got the Sane Asylum himself, Anthony Sane of Sports 56, the 7 to, it's seven to 9, right? 7 to 9 show? No, 7 to 10 a.m. 7 to 10, you can find it on mm-hmm. 56 a.m. or 98.5 FM. Sane, how's it going? Good, brother. Good, good to be back on with you again, man. It's been a long time since we've done this. I know. Yeah, and then with the season starting back, we'll uh, – Finally, be back in the grindhouse covering games. It's mm-hmm. gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird without the yeah, man. Grindhouse, but I think least- it was March. What March the ninth? Last time we the Orlando Magic game. Uh, I mean, the, we did the we did that bubble game. Oh yeah, sure did. Forgot, but yeah, the bubble game. Forgot about that. Yeah, we one had the, the, some bubble games where we got to mm-hmm. watch the games from the arena, which was pretty right. cool. But live in the FedEx form with the Grizzlies playing there to be the first time since the Orlando game back in March. Yeah, yeah, I know that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know. You and I both shared the same sentiment. We're all excited. Oh um, yeah, John Morant looked spectacular. So a lot of the role guys show different stuff within these mm-hmm. first two preseason games. I try to tamper expectations a little bit because it's Minnesota. They haven't played in nine months. Their defense isn't really that good, so. Who cares? Really? Who's, got, who's got time to be tempering expectations, man? We, no, 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 go all in. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go all in. So, we started <laughs> with this. Uh, so, the Grizzlies, they won both games in Minnesota. Uh, they handled them pretty well. The first game kind of mm-hmm. got close because they were playing guys like Sean McDermott and uh, Jaleel Tripp. Jaleel Tripp and those type of guys, yeah. Yeah, so it, it kind of got close there at the end, but – and then – uh, last night's game, they kind of throttled them a little bit. Uh, just in those two games so far, what would you say your biggest takeaway was? Uh, the biggest takeaway was easily uh, how how it looks like Josh priming for a huge second year in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've seen guys take big jumps from their uh, rookie year to their sophomore year. Uh, Trey Young and, and uh, Luka Doncic both, you know, were, were all stars in their second season. And uh, I think Jaws priming for one of those same type of seasons. Uh, am I saying he's going to be an all-star? It's still to be determined, of course. But he's definitely looking like a uh, – he looked like a monster out there, man. And he, and he looked like he was playing uh, not half speed, but probably going about 70 75% hard. And it still was just – the game was just looking extremely easy to him. And uh, I think that's just uh, – that's scary for the rest of the league. I think Jaws – and that's just the fact that he, that he made his jump shot – the he's been making more jump shots, but just the fact that the game just looks that much easier uh, to him on the court. And I think that's because of um, probably the second biggest thing that's impressed me is the style of play. 
Uh, it says T- Taylor Jenkins is maximizing his roster to play the way that he wants to play. Um, there, you've seen three guard lineups, four guard lineups, and I think all of those things have just uh, just really stood out to me. And, and because of those things, it's making the game easier for Ja. And um, I'm just excited, man. And, and when we get Jaron uh, Justice and Brandon back into the fold, I think you're looking at a team that could, you know, really be an exciting team to watch this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those three guys that are going to be coming back, but especially Ja. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody talks about, you know, oh, could this team take a step back because they overachieved last year? They're still a young team. It's the West. Uh, with the loaded draft class and a first-round draft pick, why don't you try to go get like a Jalen Green or something like that? And it's looking like Job is not going to let that happen. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's yeah, he man. looked explosive. And one, one thing I know that was a big uh, nitpick with Jaw last year was his uh, one-foot landing. And you notice in that two-hand jam where he hit uh, Hernan Gomez with that jab step, mm-hmm. he exploded, just bounced off two feet and just powered it. You, you could tell the cat really didn't nut want any of that. He didn't want oh, to yeah. He want no part of, of being a, on the next John Moran poster. Uh, but I will say this. I think this this is going to be the year. I think that uh, John really uh, catches a body, so to speak. Uh, he, he had a lot of highlight dunks last year. And you had the one where he almost j- jumped over uh, Kevin Love's head and mm-hmm. didn't go in. This might be the year that John might actually do that. And, and when we're talking about, I mean, like clearing somebody's head. Like, this might be the year. We know we can do it. Uh, this might be the year he actually jumps over a dude's head. Um, but yeah, John's been incredible, man. And um, it's not just, like I said, it's not just his jump shot. It's just you can see he put in the work over the summer and he's just becoming a more complete player. Um, as far as, you know, possibly putting themselves in a position to, uh, you know, get a better draft pick this year, uh, I don't really know. We don't know, man. Like like you said, we played Minnesota, who hasn't played in nine months, one of, probably looking like one of the worst teams in the league. Um, but, you know, we don't know. It's, but it is good to see that you're not on the level of those type of teams, mm-hmm. that you can go out there and dominate a team like that when you're playing uh, with an effort to win. Um, but uh, I, like you said, I, if you look back just in the history of the league, you don't see many teams that are crap teams with, with a great point guard. You know right. I mean? You just don't see it. It, it, it. If a team has a great point guard, they're typically better than they probably should be on paper. And I think John's good enough to make this team a team where you're not looking at yourself being, you know, at the bottom of the West or or, or, or a high lottery pick. Uh, you'll probably be a team that's either a playoff team or just outside the playoffs. And I think that's just how good uh, John Moran can be this year. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I know – I know you've been on these calls too. Coach Jenkins has just been raving about Jaws' leadership, his attention mm-hmm. to detail, his hunger to get better. And I mean, honestly, it's just like a, he has that mentality of like just one of the greats. Uh, I, I always try to compare him in terms of his like mentality and just that cloth he's cut from, you know, like your uh, Dane Lillard's, your, mm-hmm. your Jimmy Butler's, your Russell Westbrook's. I just think he's built different. Um, I, I do want to ask you this. You mentioned the body. Who do you want to see job body this year? Uh, let me see. Punchable guys in the league. I'd rather it be a big because it would just look better if he jumps over a big's head. I want to see him get Kevin Love, man. Like, I mean, he needs to he needs to finish the deal. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to RIP that man. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I, I want to see him actually get Kevin Love again. I want to see him catch him slipping. I'm sure Kevin Love is going to stay so far away from John Moran. It's going to be crazy, though. But, you know. But, yeah, maybe somebody on Portland's team, uh, maybe Zion or something, you know, that would be a good one, of course. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it don't really matter. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's open season for whoever. 
I think uh, I think Gobert would be a good one. Oh yeah, He'll I was in Gobert. the arena when uh, using my just a facial or jumping over his head because Gobert's like what seven three or something like that. Oh, I was, I'm talking about just like a facial. Just dunk on. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, I want to see Josh jump over a dude's head. Like, like I, oh. I think he's able to do it. Okay, all right. If it's like if it's like that, ooh, maybe like a Draymond or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, Draymond. I mean Draymond won't let it happen, but <laughs> I would love to see maybe that's like a, a Draymond or like. Um, yeah, you mentioned someone like Portland. Like, actually, very punchable big man who I think he could do it on is Zach Collins. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah, think that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> but uh, there's one thing like I've, I've taken away from this preseason is uh, just how uh, Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson have really rounded out their games really well. We've mm-hmm. kind of pigeonholed both of them a little bit. We say that Dylan Brooks is this – kind of black hole that makes poor decisions on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we don't really share that sentiment. It's just a common theme in Grizzlies Twitter. And then everybody kind of just had Kyle as the out, the, the odd man out, you know, the guy that mm-hmm. they may trade or the guy that may fall out of the rotation. But I mean, Dylan's improvement as a playmaker, I mean, granted, again, it's, preseason and it's just Minnesota but the fact that he's making those looks making those reads very encouraging because at the end of the day to really unlock John Morant you need guys that could facilitate the basketball and get looks and when you have Brooks and Kyle Anderson I mean Kyle Anderson's looking almost too good not start like (laughs) he he could realistically start at the three and um the reason like one of the big reasons why got you on this podcast obviously one of the best people to talk Grizzlies basketball with but you had mentioned a take in a conversation we had Mm -hmm. about you don't think uh Justice Winslow should start when he comes back right I I just want to hear your thoughts and just kind of expand on that take a little bit I'm not gonna say that I don't think he should start because I think he's a great player I think he'll be I think a healthy Justice Winslow is one of the better players on his team but I think that he will um I think he'll come off the bench and he'll kind of have that uh do everything role off the bench uh, as a facilitator, mm-hmm. um, I think that I think that if if Taylor Jenkins can get a three guard rotation, a, a finalized three guard rotation of guys that can all uh, knock down shots, that can all score from the perimeter with Dylan and another guy, or maybe even you know with Dylan coming off the bench, um, I think that whether that's Bain and Dylan or Grayson and Dylan or DeAnthony and Dylan. Um, if he can just find that combination where he can get those two guys that can knock down shots and score, I think that. Um, I think the justice might be better suited off the bench, um, even as even as a second facilitator with uh, Tyus. Mm-hmm. We've had this conversation plenty of times. Uh, I'm a fan of Tyus Jones, um, big fan of Tyus Jones. I like I like what he does for the team. I like how he steadies the offense. I like how this playmaking ability, the way he protects the ball. He's even been knocking down shots better. But uh, when when John Moran is your starting point guard the necessity for another high tier backup point guard isn't as strong. Um, if, if you look at other teams in the league, because if, if you're wanting John to be on the court 35, 30, however many minutes per game, that backup point guard, you don't want him playing and John sitting on the bench. You know what I mean? So, right, yeah. And, and last year we needed Tyus Jones because he was those the, the training wheels, so to speak, for John Morant because we really didn't know what John Morant was going to be. We, John Morant typically would be kind of like how we um, think uh, LaMelo Ball would be, you know, probably still a little sporadic. Came well, from small, sporadic, yeah. yeah, coming from a small college, we thought like, well, you know, the NBA game it might be too fast for Josh. Let's go get a steady backup point guard because it might be stretches of play, weeks of play where Josh is struggling. So let's have Tyus just in case. 
and we didn't really, you know, need Tyus to be those training wheels for Josh. Josh was, you know, he was he was trained to go, so to speak. He didn't need the training wheels. And, um, you know, we, there were games where we thought that we'd do a lot of uh, uh, low man to with Josh early in the season. Didn't, didn't do too much of that either. It started off early in the season with that, but as the season went on, Josh was ready to go. But with that being said, if, if Tyus has a lesser role, I could see him almost being expendable, almost being a mm-hmm. guy that you could trade to get an asset for, and Justice Winslow being more of your primary uh, backup ball handler or uh, or being that uh, you know that that lead guy on the ball coming off the bench, um, and I just like some of the things that he does. I, I could see him definitely closing lineup, closing games because Justice has that uh, that defensive playmaking ability as well. Uh, but I'm, he's just a guy that I think he can just put anywhere on the court. I think he can play – start at any position, one through three. He can play in some small ball lineups as a power forward. He did that a lot in, in Miami. Um, so I just think he's a guy that if – he will pretty he can pretty much come in and do whatever you need him to do, even if, even if that's off the bench, if Coach Jenkins can find a combination of guys, you know, that can knock down uh, those shots on the perimeter to start the game. Absolutely. And uh, one thing I really do like with – Justice Winslow, like you mentioned with Ties, he's really just improved as a shot maker. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the better catch-and-shoot shooters when he found his shot. I think he was like mm-hmm. in the top 10 in catch-and-shoot three-point percentage. You need to get him looks because coaching his assistant predicates off pace and space. And having a guy like Winslow off the bench could help you get some of those looks for Ties Jones. Is that also one thing that Coach Jenkins did a lot of uh, last season? He he liked running that small ball five lineup with Brandon Clark off the bench, and I mean, get I, I think Xavier, we're both high on Xavier Tillman, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to take some time for him to really earn yeah. big minutes. Same mm-hmm. with Porter, Jang, he's hit or miss. Sometimes he just looks a step slow out there, and with if you were to have hypothetically a bench unit of Tyus, Melton, Bain, Winslow, and Clark. That's a very switchable lineup that also oh, yeah. is like a variation of a four-guard lineup, except that fourth guard's a six, seven, six, eight wing. Right. And you could and Winst and Winslow could be the guy that's is has the ball in his hand. It which should cause some serious matchups. If you're making your four guard and guard him, it almost makes another team have to go small too. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I could definitely see something like that. Like I'm a I'm a fan of Justice. I think he's gonna prove a lot of people wrong. And I think he's the type of guy who if you if you throw him into this lineup, I think you'll see the Grizz just look even that much more dynamic as a team. I think Justice is a hell of a player. I was super excited when we traded for him, even though I know he was injured. It's just super unfortunate that we haven't seen him yet. But it's like I said, it's such a – you know, we're guys who cover this team, and we know that Justice was getting ready to play that game. In that Portland game, before. yeah. That, that next game on the schedule against Portland on the road, Justice Winslow was about to play that game. Like, he was scheduled to play that game. His, 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 his warm-up suit and the jersey was packed in, in the air headed to Portland. He was going to play the next game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, COVID-19 hit. And then we go to the bubble, and he's getting ready to play again, and the guy gets hurt. And unfortunate situation that we haven't seen justice, but I'm confident that he's going to be able to produce. I'm confident we're going to see him soon. And I think we're going to see why um, uh, uh, that King Climbing uh, at, was, was, at, was making him the, uh, the focal point of that trade uh, in the whole uh, Iguodala trade. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a great player whether he starts or not. Uh, and, and, and in the situation where, you know, we talked about, this is something I'm big on as well, is that part of the reason why Dylan Brooks uh, did a little too much in the bubble and did too much in the end of the season after we traded Jay Crowder is because we didn't have another alpha on the court. And I think that Justice is one of those guys who uh, can set the tone, who can come in and, 
and and kind of put put Dylan where he needs to be on the court. You know what I mean, yeah. pecking order, pecking order wise as well, because the teams try to collapse on Ja. I think Justice is one of those guys that if you know if he's on the court with with Dylan can kind of control that narrative a little more. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I- I'm ecstatic to watch Justice Winslow play. I, I know you always uh you always give me a little crap for how unapologetic I am about my uh, Grayson Allen fandom. <laughs> but I mean, I'm also and, uh, and Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero. Uh, yeah. But I'm also just like a Duke fan. Like I, <laughs> I got you. I, I grew up on that. Oh, that's what up. it is. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, my, my bad. <laughs> yeah. It's a Duke thing. Oh, my bad. Oh, it ain't my bad, bro. I don't, I don't know where I was going with them. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, uh, I grew up on Duke. And when they finally got that one and done class with Winslow and, Tyus and Jaleel Okafor. I was a big fan of that team. Mm-hmm. And I, I followed Justice Winslow a lot. I felt like he fell in the draft and then he went to the heat and they, they used him all over the court. They used him at the five. They used him at the one. I think they used him at all five positions for an extensive period throughout mm-hmm. his tenure with Miami. Oh, yeah. And I'm a sucker for positionless players, so I'm really excited for uh, Winslow to get in the fold here. Which is why I've been so excited about Tillman, because I think once he gets it together, and we talk about teams, we talk about teams like Minnesota haven't played since, you know, March or whatever. Neither any of these college rookies, these guys haven't played them forever, and then they're being thrown into the fire. Uh, no summer league, very short training camp, uh, just now being cleared to really go back to their facilities and practice. So, I mean, no, it's no surprise that Tillman looks a little windy, looks a little out of shape. But I think once he gets going, I think you're going to see that he's, you know, he's another one of those guys that, you know, they can be the undersized uh, five in the league that can, you know, guard his position and, and cause some matchup problems um, mm-hmm. for the rest of the league. Absolutely. One of those uh, draft gems from King Climbing was Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been on this train of you think he's going to oh. make all rookie. I oh, think, yeah. I think he will too. Like, seriously, I think Desmond Bain is going to make all rookie. Uh, I think this is a horrible draft class at the top of the draft. Um, hey, me, we me, just watched Anthony Edwards. So, yeah, yeah. Me, me and Peter Everson talked about this uh, today on the air, and we said if you were just looking at all the rookies on that court, and somebody told you, okay, the number one pick in the draft is out there, find him. Like what? Like no, he's not. <laughs> like what are you talking about? Like Anthony Edwards, and we understand he's developing, he's young, but he didn't look like a premier, like number one draft pick. And I, I remember even because he gets a comp, oh, he's gonna be another Andrew Wiggins, and I think that's a bad comp. Because Andrew Wiggins, like I remember when the Grizzlies, I remember when the Grizzlies played against Minnesota. We had the game plan for Andrew Wiggins. I remember Tony Allen guarding Andrew Wiggins, and he still had like twenty something points. Mm-hmm. Like that's not who Anthony Edwards is. I mean, not saying. Like I joked on Twitter because all the guys that I had arguments with about the whole R.J. Barrett. Some I asked, would I, um, somebody asked on Twitter, would you take mm-hmm. the number two pick or, or R.J. Barrett in this draft? And I think the answer. I, I thought the obvious answer was R.J. Barrett. Give me freaking R.J. Barrett. And, and people were saying, oh, no, I'd take uh, – oh, no, Edwards is a 10 – no, he's not. He's not as good as R.J. Barrett. And, and, and you'll, I think you'll see that by the end of the season. Uh, but I think he's literally a bum or a bust. I'm not going to say that about him yet, but he's not the level of player that uh, you typically see as the number one pick in the draft at, at a wing position. Uh, those guys usually can come in and at least get buckets or nothing else in the league. Right, there's Andrew Wiggins – whoever you're looking at in years past. And I think that uh, Edwards is going to have a very uh, tough go as, uh, as far as it's concerned. But was, but to that point, uh, Desmond Bain, four-year player, just high IQ basketball player, looks a little overwhelmed at times. But even in those times of being overwhelmed, he still looks like, looks like he belongs on the court. Right. If anything, the guy can just flat, flat foot knock it down, man. Gets his shot off super fast. 
Uh, you know, he gets a knock for having short arms. But, I mean, man, gets that shot off fast. It was been draining threes in the preseason. Uh, hustles on defense. Can play make a little bit. Smart around the basket. And I think that if the Grizzlies are a good team, and he has a, you know, and he can be in the rotation as, you know, your backup two, maybe you're starting two or backup three or whatever you're doing. You ha- he's going to be a guy that's going to be a consideration because I, I believe there's so many guys that are projects or guys that may not be able to fit. Um, I, think the, I think this year's uh, all-rookie team will be a unique-looking rookie team as far as who will be in it. I think James Wiseman definitely will be on it. But as far as the rest of the guys, I think it's, it's, it's whatever guy's in the best situation, whatever guy's in a situation where they can actually get on the court and look good. I think Obi Toppin is another guy who might be on it because of his situation. But, yeah, I, I would not be surprised to see uh, Desmond Bain make either one of the two uh, rookie teams. Absolutely, for sure. And I mean, I was really high on a lot of the guys that ended up going in that kind of 15 to 30 or 31 technically. Because I mean, Tyrell Terry, I was, I remember I was literally shaking when the Grizzlies traded for that 30th pick because it was going to be Desmond Bain or Tyrell Terry. And I was pumped. I, I had Bain on our big board exercise we did, I had him at 20. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was high on guys like him, Malachi Flynn, just because I'm like, okay. Knowing where they're going to get drafted and knowing the skills that they already have, right? They're bust proof. Like they're not going to fail. And I think we—I mean, we already saw from Bain his ability to space the floor, his facilitation, and just the way that he works. He seems like a hand and glove fit, also with that second unit right now, right. with like Tyus, Melton, and Clark. I think that could easily oh, man. be one yep. of the best benches in the NBA. And yep. I mean, I'm excited about him. How long do you think it'll take before he – because I know Chris Harrington from Daily Miffian wrote today kind of how there's not really this uh, separation from the pack of Melton, Grayson, Bain, and Conchar at the moment. How long do you think before Bain distinguishes himself from that pack? I think that he'll be uh, the biggest asset of that pack as far as because he can shoot the three. Not saying he'll be a better overall player than Melton, but I think that he's going to show that he he's going to separate himself because he's going to be a shooter who can who's going to be ready to knock down shots, catch and shoot off the dribble, whatever it needs to be. And I think that that's going to separate him from the rest of those guys. Uh, I think he has more confidence in his shot than Grayson does. Grayson has been a great shooter, but I think Bain's a guy who can be a starter. I think Grayson kind of uh, mentally struggles when he's in the starting lineup. I think he's much more comfortable. Uh, when he comes off the bench and he's ready to knock down those shots. Melton, of course, we know what he brings. Uh, but I think I think you're going to see very soon uh, that uh, early in 2021 that Desmond Bain is going to uh, be ready to go. I, I, I could definitely see him being your starting shooting guard, uh, even playing alongside Dylan. And I, um, I'm, I'm hoping that the way things are the, the way things are going with Coach, that uh, that next game, that opening game at the FedEx Forum, I hope that's I hope that's the time that Desmond Bain gets his turn to be shooting guard. We've seen Grayson, we've seen uh, uh, DeAnthony, and I hope that this is the game that Bain gets to start. And I hope he just comes out firing nah, and, he, uh, and kills it. He's gonna throw a conchar in there. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I just hope I hope to see Bain in one of these next yeah, two, he needs preseason to. games. Yeah, I think he's gonna use all four of those guys, uh, give those guys some run at, at starting shooting guard. So I'd like to see how he decides to do that. Absolutely. I, I don't know if you're much of a, a player comp guy, but some of the the comps that get thrown out for Bain, he said himself, Eric Gordon and Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. I know the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor, who does the big draft guide. He said Malcolm Brogdon. 
Do you see any of those guys in his game, or do you have a different comparison for him? I see all three of them. I see a lot of I see a lot of Brogdon though. Uh, not not as much point guard skill as Brogdon does, but as far as being that heady guy who looks like he's been in the league for ten years and he's only been in there for you know <laughs> a couple. Like I mean, we yeah. forget Brogdon's Brogdon's only been in the league for what three or four years. I think yeah. we kind of forget about that. Um, I, I see a lot of him in there. Um, he's he's a better shooter than Brogdon is. Of course, I can see some Joe. I can see some Joe Harris. I hadn't thought about that one. I think that's a good comp as well. Um, but yeah, of course, Eric Gordon. A lot of people say Eric Gordon. I, I like that one as well. A guy who can knock down that shot from three, but can also put the ball on the ground and and, and get to the basket, hit you with a floater, or smart around the rim like Eric Gordon is. Uh, maybe maybe we can put their arms together and make some average <laughs> arms. Yes. I mean, because <laughs> uh, Eric Gordon has super long arms, of course, and, and Bane's arms are. Um, yeah, kind of hip level as far as, <laughs> as far as wingspan is concerned. But, uh, yeah, that's the big difference between him and Eric Gordon. But I do see a lot of similarities in their game. Just glad to have him, though, man, because it's been so long. We've The Grizzlies have always and, – and because, of, because I've seen the Grizzlies do it so much and just uh, my own research and just, just over time, frustration over time, I'm not a big fan of uh, – and not a knock at Anthony Melton, but I'm not a big fan of guys who were uh, who can do a little bit of everything in college, because when they get to the league, they don't have any professional skill that they're good at. You know what I mean? So I'm glad the Grizzlies, because in the past we'd always go get these guys that were just lower tier, do everything type players. Whether it was Jamal Franklin, whether it was uh, Jarrell Martin, or, or whoever it is, it was just a guy who can just has a lot of tools, who's like a poor man's Carmelo or poor man's Kawhi Leonard, you know, all these superstar players and a poor man version of those guys usually aren't that good because they're, they're not good enough. Uh, any of those skills uh, to be that guy in the NBA. And I, I'm glad the Grizzlies just finally went out and got, got guys who are high IQ and have a definite NBA skill. Desmond Bain, if he can't do anything else, he can stand in the corner and knock down threes. And I'm okay. glad the Grizzlies, uh, change their focus. This new front office is doing that. Chris Wallace was always looking for a lightning in a bottle with a player. Uh, and I, I'm just glad that they went out and they got guys in this in this draft that are role players, that are specialists who you know have some NBA skill and not these, uh, you know, Mr. Do Everything guys. And even going back to what's my guy, uh, the, 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 the point guard from uh, point guard from Vanderbilt. Uh, Wade Baldwin. Wade Baldwin, like you know, he, he's, man, he's I a, was a poor man's a Russell. No, he's not a poor man's Russell Westbrook. He's just not that good. He doesn't have an yeah. NBA skill at all. Like, like these are always the guys that Grizzlies went and got just, uh, uh, just guys who had who had a a lot of skill in college but weren't really excelling at anything. And they were thinking they would you know get these guys and they could turn into something instead of just getting guys to a high IQ guys who had a definite NBA skill. So that's something I'm definitely excited that. Uh, that King Kleiman and company are, are doing as far as their uh, development and, and their uh, valuation of players. Yeah, I'm honestly just excited that the team finally has shooters. I mean, you have Jaron Jackson Jr., you have Bain, you have Grayson, Tyus. You even saw them make a little bit of an – or D- Dylan as well. You saw them make a little bit of an emphasis there with the two-way guys with Tilly and McDermott, Granite. I don't know how either of them are going to pan out, just given their fertility, it's injuries. But McDermott, it's just kind of like really you don't know. Like, how, you just wonder how good he is. You just wonder, you just wonder how good he is. Yeah. yeah, but you at least can tell there's an emphasis on shooting, and mm-hmm. that's something the Grizzlies haven't had in quite some time. And I'm, I'm very excited, man. They they play a very fun brand of basketball. They have guys that you can root for. Because I mean, I know both of us have talked to these guys off the court and. They're just stand-up guys. We have a very stand-up locker room and very fun team to root for, and I'm just excited for this season. 
Yeah, the same thing with me, man. I'm super excited about. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, to wrap up the show, I want to I want to hear your uh, boldest prediction for the Grizzlies this season. Uh, boldest prediction is that Memphis Grizzlies fans. Well, I kind of have two. I said one kind of already. I think that you may see a situation where Tyus Jones may be in. Well, I'll put them together. I think that by the end of the season, we we'll, we may consider Tyus Jones more expendable than we will Kyle Anderson. And uh, I think we'll get a little gun shy about a Kyle Anderson trait. Uh, you know what I mean? That, yeah. And I think that uh, we might feel like we're not getting enough for Kyle or something like that. You know, because at first we were like, man, we can just get off his contract. You know, we've had those conversations. If we can just get off Kyle's contract, maybe get a second round pick, maybe get a guy who's, you know, still on, on, on a rookie deal plus another filler player to get, get a look, uh, free look at a young player. But I think that you may have a situation where you make it something of value for Kyle. And I think that, that his value – um, on the team uh, may make, you know, Tyus Jones a little bit more expendable than than we thought at first. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, in the bubble, we're like, oh, man, we need Tyus. But I think that um, we may see with the emergence of those two things I talked about, uh, with John Morant being uh, going to that next level and not needing those training wheels and also uh, three things, actually, with, with, um, with um, Justice Winslow, who I think will be great. Uh, off the bench and with Kyle Anderson having more value, I think that you may see that Tyus is more expendable than Kyle when it comes down to the trade deadline. Yeah. Had that second unit kind of become more of a backup point guard by committee, you know, with, right. with justice, with Anderson, with Melton, with Bain. Melton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All those I guys guess. can kind of create in this offense. I would watch out for the Clippers in that regard. Yeah, exactly. We talked about that. I, I think yeah. a team like the Clippers um, would definitely like a guy like Tyus. And, you know, I, I can make something happen for that. Might, might have bring uh, Lou Willville home. Honest, Memphis, honestly. Great. Grizz, Grizz's Facebook would think we're about to win a championship <laughs> if we traded Tyus Jones for Lou Williams. Just know that. Well, know <laughs> Just that. know that. <laughs> they think, oh, man, that's the piece. That's the piece we needed, man. <laughs> yeah, especially if uh, Will and Pat Bev keep – Acting up because you know that divide was Kawhi, Paul George, and then oh, yeah. Lou Will, Trez, and Pat Beverly. Yeah, that was a division. They yeah. split the division. Then you know, Jamichael Green was a, was the leader of the other guys. There's always every team Jamichael goes to, he's the leader of of the of the third party, the the independents. So yeah, there's always him. The, the misfits and outcasts is, is Jamal Green's, is Michael Green's group. But yeah, that, that it was a clear division with the Clippers, and yeah, that's definitely how it was divided. Absolutely. Saying I want to thank you a lot for coming on the show. Oh, Let yeah, brother. Know where they can find you and your work. Um, well, yeah, you can, you can hear me anytime on uh, Sports 56 Mornings with Peter Edmiston, uh, uh, Monday to Friday from 7 to 10. Our podcasts are available on the website and on our Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter, running my mouth at any time. Uh, I've got my own podcast, of course. Uh, the Saint Asylum podcast. I do it periodically. I want to do it weekly, but sometimes it's not really always uh, allowable. Um, I do it as much as I can. Just me, just being as uncut as I can, having different type of guests. I've had uh, political analysts from CBS uh, News on. I've had Jarvis Greer. I've had Jason Smith. Just different guys. Uh, just having conversations that go beyond sports. So um, I hope you guys can check that out as well. Absolutely. Make sure y'all check all that out. Saint's one of the, the best Memphis media minds out there. Uh, you won't miss out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. Make sure you read the blog at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Follow the podcast on Twitter at the Core 4 Podcast. 
with the number four, not the word four. With that, that's it.